We've come to our final message in our quick tour of Colossians. So far, we've fixed our eyes afresh on Jesus. We've unpacked aspects of biblical leadership. We've seen how we work with the Holy Spirit in our sanctification, in in resisting self-righteousness and unrighteousness. And we've reminded ourselves that every area of our lives, every space we inhabit, every relationship we have matters to God and should be treated as worship, equipped as we gather to serve when we scatter. Today, we're finishing this tour by looking at prayer. We're going to look at prayer because as we read through Colossians, there's this culture of prayer underneath. There's the reference to prayer time and time again. Chapter 1, verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Verse 9, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Chapter 4, verse 2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Chapter 4, verse 3, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message. Verse 4 of chapter 4, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Chapter 4, verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. Greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Using these verses as our source material, we're just going to ask ourselves some simple questions about prayer. What is prayer? How does Paul encourage the Colossians and encourage us to pray? So what is prayer? I mean, if this sounds like a very basic question, it's because it is. We can assume that we know what prayer is because we use the word so often. We even have a little emoji for it on our phones. We message one another praying. Maybe we know exactly what we mean, but let's pause for a moment just to look at the word itself. The Greek word that we translate as prayer is prosuke. It is, like many Greek words, indeed, like many uh, words in other languages, a compound word. It's made up of two Greek words, the word pros and the word uke. Pros, P-R-O-S, as we'd write it, means towards or with or for, in the way that we would be for something. It is a positive word. It's a relational word. It's the Greek word that's used in this sentence. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Pros, God. It may be that this Greek word lies behind the Latin word pro, which we use when we say we're looking for the pros and cons in an issue. 
It's a positive word. It's a word that's meant to draw you in. Pros, uke. Uke means desire or a wish or a vow. It's not a passing, passing thought. It carries a connotation of depth, feeling, desire, value, worth. Biblical prayer is meant to be deep and it's meant to be relational. Prayer is not meant to be flippant. That doesn't mean it has to be somber or is reserved for a certain group of holy people or that means you have to have a qualification. I'm a prayer because I've done the degree in praying. But nor should prayers be thrown away. This Greek word is not a throwaway word. It's not a randomly into the air. To say, I will pray for you, or I will pray about that, is a serious statement. It is very easy nowadays to pick up a phone and when we hear something, message, oh, praying for you. And that's great for people to know, but only if we do pray. Only if we do move towards God relationally and pour out our heart for that issue. Paul would have understood this depth of meaning and the weight of prayer as an activity. He operated in Greek culture and understood the language. He had a heritage in Judaism and in its tabernacle and temple, its priesthood and its holy of holies. Paul's understanding of the gospel that he has laid out throughout this letter has removed the man-made barriers between God and people when it came to prayer, but he would not have removed the weight that he put in prayer. Prayer mattered to Paul. Prayer matters in his teaching. Prayer matters in his lifestyle. Paul has a reverence for the awesome privilege and power of prayer. What about us? What about me? What about you? Are we prayers? What do we learn then from this letter about the practice of prayer? How does Paul encourage the church in Colossae and us to pray? Well, at one level, we can answer that question with one verse. Chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to prayer. Paul is here encouraging the Colossians to follow the example of the first church in Jerusalem. Says in Acts chapter 2, 42, they, that's the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Paul is also teaching that which he has modeled to them. What does he say in his introduction? Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you, we continually ask God. 
just as an aside, this is another example of biblical leadership, <laughs> modelling the behaviour that does people good. In simplest terms, if we are devoted to something, we do it. <laughs> if you want to know what you're devoted to, look at your diary. You will see in your diary, in your planner, in your week, in your month, the things you're devoted to. They'll be the things that occupy your time and absorb your resource. Now, I know that we don't all have control of our time. For many of us, we're working long hours. But in the hours we do have, we will see what we're devoted to. People who are devoted to prayer, pray. It's as simple as that. A life devoted to prayer will make prayer a priority. People will make time for it. We see this in the life of Jesus. Mark 1.35 tells us uh, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, went to a remote place and prayed. Paul's letters are littered with prayers. If I think about all the great heroes and heroines of the faith who I've walked with over the years, the thing I notice about them is they are devoted to prayer. They get up early, they go to bed late. And remember that in all these cases, devotion does not mean duty. Paul is not praying because he feels he should. He's praying because he can. He's praying because he loves Jesus. He's praying because he loves to draw close. Paul's prayer life is a natural expression of his relationship with God and his love for those he leads. Remember, prayer is coming for, before a God who is for us and pouring out the desires of our heart. We know in our own lives that we pray most devotedly for those we love the most. When those we love are in need or are caught up in hardship, we pour out our prayers for them. When we're caught up in corporate worship, a natural expression is to pray, to pour out thankfulness and praise. People devoted to prayer pray. What does it mean to have a devotion for prayer? It means to make time for it. Devotion to prayer also takes effort. <laughs> Listen to Paul's description of Epaphras's prayer. He says, he is always wrestling in prayer for you. The Greek word wrestling speaks of contending for them in prayer. In a boxing bout, the challenger is called the contender the one who's going to fight for the belt. In Scripture, this word wrestling appears very rarely, but when it does, it matters. We're drawn to that passage in Genesis 32 when we're told that Jacob wrestles with God and refuses to let go until he receives a blessing. The implication here is that Epaphras wrestles with God on behalf of the Colossians until they will be blessed. Devotion to prayer takes 
energy. Oh, but Simon, I'm already tired. I know. Oh, Simon, my life's already busy. I know. Oh, but there's so much to do. My task list is so long. I know. But prayer matters. Prayer transforms. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is intimate. Prayer builds relationship. Prayer not only changes a situation, but more often than not, it changes my attitude to that situation. Devotion to prayer makes prayer a priority. It's not that the other things don't matter. It's just they mustn't come first. As I was preparing for this sermon, I was so deeply challenged about my own prayer life. I'm, I'm a man who prays. It's good to hear, isn't it? Am I a man of prayer? In the way that Paul was a man of prayer, I want to be. And how will I get there? I need to make it a priority. What does Paul encourage us to pray about? Having, having said, devote yourselves to prayer, what does Paul encourage us to pray about? I mean, clearly we're only skimming the surface in our study of prayer. We're only looking at one letter. This is not all of Paul's teaching, all of the Bible's teaching on prayer. But what we have displayed to us in Colossians is intercessory prayer, praying for others. Paul praying for the Colossians. Epaphras praying for the Colossians. Paul and Timothy asking the Colossians to pray for him. What then does Paul model and encourage us to pray about? Well, two things, identity and mission. Let's read more fully his prayer in chapter 1. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God, so this is the prayer that he's praying, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good word, work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Then Paul asking for prayer, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, the gospel, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so you may know how to answer everybody. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Now, what's interesting is it's not wrong to pray about needs, Jesus encourages us to do that in the Lord's Prayer. Give us our daily bread, forgive us our sins, protect us from evil. But in these prayers, in Colossians, both Paul's prayer and Epaphras' prayer for the church, 
and Paul's request for prayer for him and his team are focused on identity and on mission. Paul prays that the Colossians would know who they are in Christ and that knowing who they are in Christ, they would do the work of the kingdom. Paul asked them to pray that he, in assurance of who he is in Christ, would preach the gospel with clarity and have opportunity to bring the kingdom. Epaphras prays that they might stand firm in the will of God, which is the kingdom of God, mature, knowing who they are in God, and fully assured of their salvation. What is being prayed for here? Identity and mission. Paul's prayer reflects his heart for his people. They should be totally secure in God. Don't let anyone judge you. Don't drift. Don't fall away. Know who you are in God. Know you're secure in Christ. That they should know their salvation and that their sanctification is not based on their works from the finished work of Christ. But he prays they would not stop there. He prays that knowing they are secure in the work of Christ, they're then released to do the works of Christ. They're called to live a life that brings the kingdom into every area of their life and so points those around them to the Lord of that kingdom that is Jesus. These are the prayers they pray. Identity, who they are in God. Mission, bring the kingdom of God. To coin a phrase that we have used more recently, Paul wants the church in Colossae and beyond to know that they are image bearers and kingdom bring us devote yourselves to prayer and pray that you would know who you are in Christ and that you could do the work of Christ identity and mission how then might we grow in our devotion to prayer well there are loads of resources out there here's a few firstly Anything written by Pete Gregg is so helpful. It's a great encouragement to the church on the issue of prayer. The prayer course that he's put together is on YouTube and as an accompanying book, and it's so helpful. If you want to learn about prayer, pray and read some stuff about prayer. My other top tip is this, pray with other people. Notice that Paul says, for this reason, since the day we heard, we have been praying. Putting ourselves in a space where other people are praying will almost always help us pray, regardless of our personality. That doesn't mean we have to pray in the same way. But being in an atmosphere of prayer, on a Sunday, in a life group, in a prayer meeting, enables us to work our prayer muscle. If you want to grow in prayer, find some great prayers, find where they pray, and go and join them. Pray with thankfulness. Starting to pray can be tricky, but prayers of thanks are a great way to warm up our prayer muscles. Paul expresses in Philippians that challenge to pray with all thankfulness. Before you bring your petitions before God, pray with thankfulness. Simple prayers of thanks, what God has done and is doing in our lives. The gifts he has given us, the people he has placed around us. 
thankfulness and praise are so linked that sung worship is another great way to stir prayer. In my own one-to-one times with God, I will often start with some worship music. It'll remind me of truth. Then I'll read some truth. Then I will pray prayers of thanks based on what I've sung and based on what I have read. And that gets me going. That gets me working, moving forward. Establish a rhythm to your prayer life. Paul had an established rhythm of prayer. It was one of the privileges he had coming out of a a Jewish background. There were set days to fast. There were set hours to pray. And as far as we can tell, although how he prayed may have changed with his understanding of who Jesus was, he kept those rhythms of prayer. The Sabbath, the days of fasting. If you want to grow in your prayer life, if you want to develop devotion to prayer, establish a rhythm for yourself. This year we encouraged one another during Lent to find a very simple rhythm for prayer. Praying the Lord's Prayer in the morning. Praying missional prayers for others in the middle of the day. And having a time of prayers of thankfulness in the evening. If you've got your own rhythm... Go with it. But if you've not yet established a rhythm, why don't you try that for a season? Maybe don't say to yourself, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Maybe say, for the next three weeks, I'll do this rhythm. Rhythm in prayer will help you. So pray with others. Pray with thankfulness. Establish a rhythm of prayer in your life. Friends, ultimately, the way we get better at praying is to pray. I uh, am a very bad runner. And uh, at one point in the last few years when, I'm, when I've been trying to stir myself to run and get fit, I bought myself a book. It was called Running Made Easy. It was a lie. You see, on about page two, I realised I had to actually run. That yes, there are things you can do, couch to 5K, for instance, which helps you grow as a runner. But ultimately, if I'm going to be a runner, I've got to run. I've got to put one foot in front of the other a little bit faster than when I'm walking. And so with prayer, prayer is glorious. Prayer is to come towards God and lay one's heart before him knowing that his heart is open to us, knowing that he has things he wants to say, things he wants to do, ways he wants to shape us and speak to us and mould us. But we grow by doing it. Friends, Paul teaches us on prayer. Paul models prayer. Let's step into a richer prayer life together. Tell you what, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you that through Christ, you have made it easy to come to you. There is no barrier. You have laid the Holy of Holies open to us. Help us this day, this week, moving forward this month. Help us to take hold of that privilege and to devote ourselves to prayer. Amen.